welcome to our first episode um, of Drones Don't Under podcast. Um, I've got myself, Sean Mathis, and uh, welcome my colleagues, um, Ty Tamberlin, waving there, thank you. Uh, Danny Assad, he's easy to identify with the Red Bull hat. We've got Brandon Gillen as well. Welcome, lads. Um, so we're actually all um, commercial drone operators, and it's our full-time job. And um, I guess the four of us decided to start this podcast because we want to grow um, our, the awareness of the Australian drone industry and its place in the world. Um, most of the podcasts, I'm sure, um, like the rest of us, um, tend to be US or European-based, not many um, Australian-based podcasts, and certainly not much around um, CASA, so the, the Civil Aviation Safety Authority. Um, and I guess we'll talk through who they are and how they interact in our worlds um, throughout the podcast series. You've probably come across the FAA, uh, which is the Federal Aviation Administration, which is US. And that's probably where most of your learning have come through. Even though it's similar, there are quite a few differences. Um, I guess we love to teach um, new operators as well as the general public uh, to know more about um, how to operate drones in a safe manner, according to the rules and regulations mm -hmm. of Australia. Um, we'll use this platform to involve others from the industry to share their journey and story with us um, and our audience. So I think um, just let's say hello to the guys. So welcome, guys. First episode. Game on, hello. guys. Exciting. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. So we're obviously all quite busy. Um, we're all very passionate to try and share our stories, um, share our journey, challenges. And it's going to be an exciting um, few episodes, I think, um, over the next few weeks. And we look forward to um, bringing that to you. So I want to get started. Um, today is all about sharing our journey and our story. So I'd like to welcome um, Danny, if you could... Uh, spend a few minutes talking about um, your your journey to here. That'll be awesome. I'll try to make it as uh, interesting as possible and make it a bit longer than the two minutes I practiced. <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> All right. Um. So, gents, you guys you know, know me through the drone industry. Um. I started with drones in 2017. Um. Been a chef for 15 years. I kind of was getting over the trade and, you know, bought my first, first Mavic, which is kind of up here somewhere right there. Um, good old faithful up there. Um, bought my first drone thinking I could do everything. Turns out very quickly, I realized we, you know, we can't, you know, there's licensing, there's legalities behind, you know, doing stuff with drones. But, you know, back in those days, I thought it could. So started my Instagram page. Um, between working as a chef and uh, you know, doing drone jobs and building Instagram, um, just taking pretty photos on my days off. Um, pretty much went from there, working between the two jobs and managed to actually pick up a fair bit of commercial work doing real estate work. Um, going from, going from uh, working in the kitchen and working real estate work kind of was pretty, pretty heavy. There's a lot of hours involved, especially being a head chef. You know, you're 70, 80 hours a week. And then on your days off flying drones, it's, it takes it out of you. So after the work actually started building up, I kind of dropped the chef jobs and started flying drones full time. Um, from there, I got picked up by the co company I work for right now called Hoverscape and worked my way kind of through the ranks. We've been doing a lot of, you know, we started with the creative work and worked our way into doing a lot more photogrammetry and 3D models. Um, and ever since then, I've just been building my experience meeting new people along with you lovely gentlemen. Um, and it's just been many years of, yeah, just building my experience and learning the trade in and out. Obviously we had to get licensed and, you know, you get your different accreditations to actually, you know, grow in the industry. Um, and yeah, I guess here we are. It's probably a little bit more than two minutes, I'd like to hope. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good, Danny. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much my story up to today. We started as a chef and here we are. <laughs> So um, where, where do you think um, your focus is over the next sort of six to 12 months, your, your, your own journey? Um, definitely focusing on the photogrammetry side of things and the you know, digital twins, 3D modeling. Um, it's a ridiculously 
quick growing industry right now and the quality of these models are just going through the roof. Um, hopefully we can just adapt more and get more into the industry and build build on it. We look, I think it'd be awesome once you can share some of those with, with, with us all and be pretty good to kind of explain how that all works. Definitely. Definitely. Where are you based, Danny? I'm based in Sydney, Australia. Easy. Very good. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Danny. Thanks, guys. <laughs> they hit that um, <laughs> cool. Awesome. Um, so now, Ty, love to hear from you and, and your story and uh, how that beard got so long. <laughs> Funnily enough, enough. Well, it's sort of a bit to do with work, I guess. You get too busy and then you get too lazy to cut it. Um, but no, as far as my journey goes, um, I've been a photographer for the last 13 years, running my own business. Um, I got into drones about 2015. Um, same thing as you, Danny, real estate. Uh, the contract, uh, the company I contracted for. Um, we were still using a really dodgy pole setup, which I was explaining to Sean the other day. And um, I just went, screw this. I'm going to buy a drone because I'm going to get a lot more work with this. And um, that was the approach I took. And yes, it definitely did get a lot more work for a while there. But obviously, as you know, it's you know not quite that simple as well. But that's where it all started with me. And um, moved on from there. A good friend of mine actually um, started Air Specs Australia. He was um, out of Defence Force uh, in air traffic control and a pilot as well, but as far as in Defence Force, air traffic control. Um, and he, this was his, I guess, out of Defence Force plan um, to set up the company and with all his aviation knowledge and things and to set it up and, and, and create this drone company. And his, his direction was pretty broad at that point. Um, but he got me on board because my hours and flight time was much larger than his at the time. And um, I was essentially an asset to him. And we started from doing everything from just simple uh, real estate photos still again, um, doing stuff with, uh, we did a bit of work with Bertie and, and the Borrel Quarries, um, doing automated flights and capturing um, photogrammetry data to, to get all their biometrics and stuff, which was where we started to get into things a little bit more interesting. Um, and then Ben decided that he was, um, he'd had enough drone industry. He decided that he wasn't, wasn't keen to do it anymore. And that's where the, the lovely Sean and, um, Kate came on board and, and purchased the company. And, um, I've actually never been so excited to drop my own job and jump back into the employment world, if I have to be honest. Um, because the stuff that we're doing now and, and, and it's just insane. I mean, same thing you Danny, doing the photogrammetry stuff and the, the 3D modeling and things like that is, has blown my mind. I, I did a lot of interior 3D modeling and stuff for a while using Matterport systems and things like that. And that blew my mind when that came around. Um, and then once I've seen all the external digital twins now we can do with drones and things like that, it's just mind blowing. Um, but I think it's also just a very exciting industry to be involved with. I mean, we've, we've all discussed this in, in, in Thorough that, you know, really as much as drones have been around for a while now and everyone knows what they are, uh, the industry is really on the cusp of, pardon the pun, but taking off. Um, we, we're, there's so many things now that are happening in the drone world from deliveries to all, all the stuff that we're doing, uh, agricultural uses, defence uses, um, it, it's almost endless the possibilities of where we can go with this and we're at a point now where we're finally getting an opportunity to test all these things and see if they actually are real world applications and that to me is just super exciting it, it, in any avenue of the industry I really genuinely find it very exciting and I get to fly around essentially the cool toys as a job like you know you can't really argue with that <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to see where it all is. It's all going anyway. So that's pretty much how I got from point A to B. Um, do you think some of your skills from your photo, um, from your photography side, are going to be useful? Oh, 100 um, percent. Look, end of the day, and we've discussed this, Sean. And you can. There's a lot of people that have drone skills that may not have photography skills and vice versa and um I, I do think they play a part in the industry not 
not everything is just essentially clicking a button and it just works. Um, you know, you, having all the, the knowledge of overexposing, underexposing apertures and shutter speeds and ISOs and all, all that kind of stuff that you learn from the photography industry that you, what you have to learn. Um, having the ability to apply that into the drone industry is, is still like you, not many people can do that. Um, I've, I've encountered that a lot as a problem along the way with other drone pilots I've worked with through the years that they, they don't have that skill set. So it's definitely something that's valuable to me and, and to, to the jobs I do as well. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be really cool to kind of see um, you sharing some of those skills, I think, as we've all talked about um, when people get in the air and, and fly a drone, um, just understanding some of those prereqs in taking a photo i think is oh 100 percent. i think that's i mean everyone's got stuff to learn from the industry anyway but i think having those skills under your belt regardless of what you're doing within the industry i think the only things that wouldn't apply to a you know delivery systems and things like that but virtually everything else within the industry those photography skills do come into play which is yeah definitely something i'm happy to share with people and expand their knowledge base. Cool. Right on. Oh, and for future reference too, <laughs> I'm based in the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, so I'm up in the north. That's why you're uh, smiling more than some of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. it's never been a better time to be a Queenslander. <laughs> <laughs> the only time to be a good, good Queenslander. Maybe it could be a good um, Q&A for social media. Guess where we're from. <laughs> Take a screenshot. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Ty. Um, Brendan, let's uh, hear your journey, sir. Okay. Um, all right. So my journey started uh, when I was in high school all the way back in 2011. Um, I bought my first drone and um, pretty much started from there. Just um, dabbling in the space um, during high school in my systems engineering class and pulling it apart and just doing modifications to it. Um, and then, as you all do, you come to end of year 12 and you have to decide what you're going to do for the rest of your life, of course. And um, I was not going to uni, so... I decided I wanted to become an electrician um, and that's where I was for probably about 10 years. Um, so I worked in the construction industry for um, yeah the last 10 years, qualified A-grade electrician. Um, and then once I finished that, I sort of was still playing around with drones just for fun, flying them here and there and uh, went off and bought a Mavic, uh, Mavic 2 Pro or Mavic Pro at the time. And um yeah, basically got to the point with my electrical career where I wasn't overly excited to do it anymore. And um, so I basically packed up, went to Europe for four months and um, travelled around Europe, tried to become famous on YouTube and whatnot and created travel videos and everything. And it turns out it's pretty hard to do that. Um, didn't really go to plan. Shouldn't we Some of those videos look pretty good. Yeah, I don't think we should. For uh, somebody who didn't know what they were doing, Brendan, they definitely made me jealous when I saw them. Yeah, yeah. I think we uh, should take the opportunity to uh, show at least one of them today, Brendan. Okay, uh, all right. Yeah, fair enough. Well, if anyone wants to go and have a look at them, I've still got them on YouTube under an account called Walkabout Aussie. So go check it out if you really want to have some travel videos. But, yeah, I went went all the way around Europe, did all the Nordic countries and everything like that. So yeah, it was a good, good fun. And I got back, you know, expecting that uh, someone will pick me up and I'll be traveling the rest of the, traveling the world, still making these videos and it's not quite the way uh, it all unfolds. So um, yeah, I, I, I went back into the trade industry for a couple of years and um, it still quite, wasn't quite there. I wasn't excited about going to work and, yeah, and then I started a started a drone operations company um, and basically built up from there. And um, from there, I sort of shifted from drones. And now I'm more, um, the way I see it is that I call ourselves as like a data acquisition specialist. So collecting information around 
physical assets or structures or buildings, whatever it might be, and understanding how to collect that information in a way to be able to digitize it, do inspections, um, whatever else. So not just drones, but a whole other suite of other things that we can probably dive into more in the future. But yeah, now, um, yeah, obviously doing that full time and um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. And like Ty said, I think the, um, the space we're in is only going to get bigger and better. And um, it's really exciting to see, to sort of see where everyone is at at the moment in the industry. And I guess um, hopefully this platform will allow us to sort of educate a lot of people in this space and um, we can sort of showcase it. they're not just toys and they're very useful tools within the industry um, and to a lot of different industries as well. So yeah, that's what I'm pretty, pretty excited about um, with this podcast about what we're going to be doing. Yeah, I think when people call it toys, uh, I'm sure we can all agree they're expensive toys if they are. Toys. Yeah, very, uh, very it's expensive. one of those things all my friends and family, they're like, they literally think I fly toys around for a living. <laughs> they are so, so wrong. But I just play I into it, it because I'm sick of arguing about it. So, yes, I fly toys. And <laughs> all your friends and family think we're fly flying toys all day, you know, why not? Yeah. Why not? Add to the fun. Let, let them think that it's that simple and we're living the dream. <laughs> hey, uh, Brendan, what was your favorite place to drone around Europe? Oh, favorite place. Um, the favorite place to drone and fly drones around Europe was Iceland, hands down. Nice. Yeah, that was, um, that was the best. I spent two weeks driving and camping around Iceland. So I drove around the whole country there um oh, that's definitely yeah. makes me jealous that's yeah. on and my then, bucket list <laughs> i'm out now that's I'm fantastic <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's super expensive like i i, I bought a, a a cup of soup a bottle of water and a sandwich and it cost me 57 australian dollars damn so it's like don't worry mate i paid i paid 47 dollars for a club sandwich in tokyo so don't feel too bad <laughs> gold-plated sandwich or no 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 but it was amazing but definitely not worth 47 bucks yeah. wow yeah and i think second would be um would be switzerland iceland and switzerland were probably the as far two as best. expensive or, or yeah, but well, both oh, yeah, most expensive <laughs> and probably the best way, expensive. best places to travel. So, yeah, probably the two favorite videos that I've made as well. So, I think they're most they're pretty aesthetic to look at as a country, very different to what we experience here in Australia. So, yeah, it was pretty good. Hey, we'll have to chuck a few of those uh, videos up on the socials at some point. Yeah, why not? I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Who knows? You might get picked up this time. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Might yeah. off the photographer dream. I think it's, it's quite funny, Brendan. I reckon nearly every single photographer I worked with, trained with, everything through their entire careers, everyone at some point goes, "I'm going to be a travel photographer." <laughs> like I, I, I spent two months traveling around through Europe, and I all I did was shooting, not for any particular reason, just for shooting for the hell of it. To come home and plug it out there, like, yeah, I'm gonna get picked up for travel. Yeah, it's 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 a definitely an empty dream for a lot yeah. of people. <laughs> Absolutely. You think, yeah. How many how many I, accounts are on Instagram around the world, and that all of them are trying to do the same thing? Mm -hmm. yeah. I literally yeah. only know of one who's pulled it off. Is a good friend of mine. He actually it was a photo of um, some goats at like Machu Picchu or something like that. Um, it got picked up by a couple of travel companies. He and that, that image ended up earning him fifty six grand over. Extended period of time. It's yeah, the only amazing. one I know who's pulled it off. That's nuts. Far out. That's awesome. That's yeah, I think for one image. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, re I remember when I was uh, I was on a bus going between one country to another, and as I was getting off, I walked past a girl watching my Iceland video, and wow. I was like, "That's ah. pretty cool." <laughs> that did he did cool. go up to her and say, "That's mine"? <laughs> no, I didn't. I was like, "Oh, I'll just leave it." It was a good experience. It was pretty cool That's to see. Awesome. So. That's yeah, awesome. it was quite funny. No, Danny would have done it for sure. He would have gone up. Danny would have given her, given her a list of all his socials. Follow this, follow that, follow this, follow that. 100%. Who and else a, and a, socials? It's and my a job. free Red Bull hat too. Yeah. Take me. One day, one day. That's the one goal. <laughs> if you pull it off, Danny, I'll be so impressed. <laughs> as soon as we do, they're, they're sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> I'll put a little thing up here saying not sponsored by Red Bull. <laughs> cool. And, and where are you, Brendan, located? 
Victoria. Cool. Yes. You're smiling the exciting, way too much. The exciting state of Australia at the moment, <laughs> where everyone wants to be. Yeah. Oh, I hear. <laughs> Here's Ty, the biggest smile still on his face. I'm oh, the this woman. It still brings me so much joy. <laughs> <laughs> well i do feel for everyone dan i got a lot of friends and family in victoria and I, I do know a lot of them are struggling a fair bit with all this so it's you know it's it it's it's crappy but it is what it is unfortunately yeah i'm just lucky i'm in queensland <laughs> keep rubbing that in yeah. <laughs> don't worry salt in the wounds Since yeah the borders are closed ty really good <laughs> Yeah, well, look, I'd rather the borders be open at the moment because I'd really like your help. So, <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks, Brendan. Um, okay, I'll. My journey has been very much um, creative through high school and um, went into TAFE, I guess, um, to do photography. And um, I, I was showing Danny a little bit earlier, but this is my camera, I think, about. 32 years ago it's an EOS 300 still so proud I still have it which is pretty cool I still and, have uh, mine <laughs> and for the those youngsters that's called film what uh, is in the back of that camera that's not a screen it's over there. inferior <laughs> objects <laughs> um yeah so it obviously still works uh, and it's still part of the the rest of the gear that's sitting over there um yeah so I always had a a real keenness for photography and, and drawing. That was, that's my, you know, since I was a kid. Um, however, uh, being, being a kid of a, a migrant, uh, decided to uh, be an engineer. So when got my degree in digital systems and, and majored in robotics and uh, decided a few years, maybe about three years now that I wanted to come back um, into the creative side of the world. So I've been spending a lot of times um, over the last 20 plus years in um, software development, in telecommunications, um, uh, obviously working quite deeply in the software and through the 90s and then um, going into running fairly large uh, projects and programs um, across a number of different countries and then uh, being in sales for, for about 10, 12 years at least. Um, and I think I'm finally home. So I'm, I'm kind of glad to, uh, to be going back into this. And I guess before I got into drones, it was, I thought, um, about three, three and a half years ago, thought, um, um, you know, real estate, uh, videos and, and, uh, photography would be my retirement plan, uh, and doing, oh, um, how wrong you were. <laughs> <laughs> It could be my sales technique, so let's not worry about that one. Um, so, yeah, I very quickly, um, you know, looked at drones and obviously was aware of drones, but, you know, when I was looking at those, you know, cameras, as I'm sure like the rest of you guys, so that didn't make me excited to fly a drone around. Um, it was only, I think, once people were starting putting GoPros and things on it that you kind of go, oh, cool, that, that's a good use for it. So, um so probably the early Mavics and, and, and then into the early Phantoms that I, when I got involved, but not a whole lot other than just from the photography side of things. Um, but as, so essentially when we started, it was all, you know, photography, uh, ground-based stuff, um, video photography type things, and then um, then looked at drones. So probably the last couple of years. And then as Ty called out in his, journey um we acquired air inspect uh, a little over 12 months ago and and um obviously keen to kind of grow that in in both um victoria and queensland so that that's what we're about um but you know for, for us it's all about working with the industry like yourselves um you know we're really really happy that there's a bunch of people that actually do want to work together want to see the industry growing um, want to actually keep challenging um, what we're doing and, and looking at great partnerships. So that's what we're really about. And um, that's, I think, that's... I think that's something fairly unique too. I think I've discussed this with you before, Sean, how I, one of those things I found in the photography industry when I started out was that everyone was very guarded. It was, it was quite hard to work out what you should be doing as a business um and and no one was willing to help no one wants to share how they got there or or, or 
the methods they use or anything like that. Everyone's so guarded. Um, and I think with the drone industry, if, if people do the same, the industry will never develop. Um, you know, look, I ended up finding people obviously within the photography industry that I could do that with, but they were very limited. Um, but to have where we're all, yes, Sean and I work together, but we're still from different spaces and you guys are from different spaces and we can show you that it's obviously, it's, it's you know, everyone doesn't have to hide from each other. We can go out there and work together and create this industry boom that we want to create. So it's great that we work together. Um, do you think it's us as a nation that tends to be closed off? Because obviously we're all watching videos on other countries, but there's very few that do it from an Australian perspective. I think it's probably per capita, if I have to be frank. <laughs> Just, there's, a, there's enough people in the bigger countries that there's enough people to share something, I guess. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure whether it's just isolated to Australia, but it's, it's just definitely something I've noticed with, with in the photography industry. And, and there's other industries as well that it's very similar. Um, I, I just think it's, it's, it's very, um, very one sided and, and naive to think that you can do it all on your own. Um, I, th I think everyone needs each other to build this industry. Um, we can't just go, okay, I've got all the answers. I'm going to go and do this. Like it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, I definitely agree. So that's very much it. I'm looking forward to, um, um, to be really honest, I'm really happy um, where I'm at. Obviously, it's challenging challenging as it is as i'm sure you're all aware um, it's great to be at the cusp of something really big um, and we can actually help shape that which is quite exciting and, and there's obviously many more like ourselves that are keen to sort of come onto this platform and share their stories so it's going to be a really exciting few weeks i think for all of us to, uh, to to keep sort of growing what we're doing so looking forward to it yeah, it's going to be very exciting. I think what we're doing is is probably the best part. And like you said, Ty, I think we're all working together. There's so much to learn within this space. It's just going to be, it's too hard to just do it on your own. Um, no, and I think it makes sense to work with one another instead of trying to undercut everybody just to learn your trade or learn the skill um, and potentially fail at it. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting times ahead. Most Especially definitely. the way the world is with the, uh, or at least Australia is with all the lockdowns and everyone's in different states. It's the only way we get interstate jobs done. Right. <laughs> Not at the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think it was, as well, utilising people around the state or around Australia, you, you don't, you personally, like me, I wouldn't have to go to Sydney and worry about how to get travel around Sydney and do all that sort of stuff. We use the network, we utilise local people and understand the areas and it just makes sense. It's yeah. a win-win for everybody and, and exactly. to win-win, why not do it? It always yeah, makes I sense. I think in the current day and age too, everyone's, everyone's really about supporting local, not even just necessarily Australia, but local areas as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, even if, if, for example, you know, you picked up a job up in Queensland, but you're not going to be up here to do it, but then you can still recommend someone up here that you trust to go and do your thing and, having that within the industry is just uh, it's paramount to us it's survival um like you said we, we all can't do this on our own we yeah. all have different skill sets different things we've learned along the way and the more we combine those things the richer the industry is it's, it's just it's a no-brainer for me it really is cool. awesome so that's that's our story um so hopefully i'm i'm sure we'll, we'll go into more detail um over the next few podcast episodes uh, as we sort of what's that <laughs> i'll try <laughs> <laughs> yeah we look i know danny's been wanting to share one of his recipes but we're gonna hold that we're gonna keep you totally guys said he wasn't gonna bring it up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well I, I didn't danny i'm not asking for an episode Mate, live. you can cook good, me good mexican from what i hear so we definitely oh. need some recipes <laughs> One day, one day, Absolutely. when the board is open. <laughs> we'll, we'll, dedicate, we'll dedicate a whole episode to Danny cooking live for us. Lady Lucas, Awesome. God. All right, gents. Our next segment. So we've got a a question that that you you guys aren't aware of, um, and I, I guess let's let's chat about what your thoughts are. Um, so this is my question for this week. Um, 
Australian drone industry is saturated. There are no jobs. So this is obviously, I'm sure like the rest of you, um, you know, kind of see this in, the, in socials. Yeah, I think most people's perception, certainly not guys in the industry, but probably more the consumer side feel, you know, photos and, and video tend to be um, very much what the drone industry is about. And I think part of our job, you know, using this platform is to kind of share what some of the, uh, the things that we, we don't seem to talk about as an industry, uh, unless you're involved in it. So, yeah, I wanted to put that out to you guys and, and get your views on, on, on that. So. Well, essentially, the, I agree with you there, Sean. Like, that's where the people pull the saturation is in the photography and video side of things. And look, an element of that is kind of true in a sense. Um, it's not, I don't believe it's saturated as, as much as it's, there's a lot of uneducated in the value of what they do um, that are still essentially beginners in the industry and they, they want to jump in, they, they want to get involved. Um, that's where I believe the saturation that people, there's people's perception of saturation would come from because like you said, all you got to do is look on socials, look on community boards and things like that and all the people essentially fighting when someone some aerial shots or something. I, get, I see it a lot up here. Um, but I don't believe the statement is correct though. Uh, I think the industry itself has so much of a wide reach that it's definitely not saturated. Um, it's just saturated essentially in a certain space. And like you said, that's people's perception that all we do is take photos and videos and stuff. And that's completely incorrect. Um, but we are seeing the industry starting to grow, but I definitely don't think it's saturated. What do you guys think, especially in, in a different space to where I am up here? Sunshine Coast is a little, essentially like a regional town. So it's never a surprise when anything's saturated up here, but you guys are in, in bigger cities. So I'd love to hear your end of it. I think the uh, the Sydney side of it, as pretty much as you stated, the, the kind of creative side, it is saturated because anyone with a camera or a drone, <laughs> we, you know, we all start there. We all jump in, yeah. we're like, we can do anything. But trying to get past that part of you can do anything, you know, have a niche market, something you actually work on yes. and you grow your skills in, not just, yes. hey, here's a photo, flog it for X amount of dollars. Go beyond that. You know, we take thousands of photos of one item, essentially. Mm. We turn that into something, but, but it takes time to grow and work past that beyond social media, beyond, you know, you've got to learn it. You've got to learn the industry. Mm. Yeah, it's education by far. Like uh, we've, we've all experienced this within the industry where we're trying to bring this technology to people and, you know, there's so many use cases and we can bring it in front of them and they all sit there and look at you like, but, but what are you doing with it? They just don't mm. understand what we're producing and, and how it can be used. I, I think that's a massive part of it. Oh, definitely. So sure. can, can we talk a little bit about other than photos and, and videos? What are some of the jobs that we're actually doing as an industry or as, a, as an operator? So the people that who are listening to this, wondering what are we actually doing? Yeah. Can we talk about some of those? Taking lots yeah. of photos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's essentially what, what it is. It? I think, um, yeah, we're taking lots of photos, but we're also manipulating, manipulating that information into 3D models, ortho mosaics, uh, whatever else it might be. So... You know, you got your real estate and everything like that, photos well, and videos. What's an ortho mosaic? An ortho mosaic is an ultra high resolution map that's cool. created through a series of photos um, that you take with a drone. So essentially Google Maps on steroids is a good way to put it. You know, depending on what you want, you can zoom into a 50 mil core hole on a um, concrete floor on a construction site and be able to measure it. Um, well, it's really, it's like, I don't know. I think the four of us all know exactly what other, the other use cases are. Um, uh, but I think there's, there's heaps of industries that aren't utilizing drones in a way that they should be and getting the most value out of it. And I think construction facility management inspections, getting their inspections now starting to ramp up and sort of get, get the understanding of, oh, I can actually get a photo right in front of the problem without sending someone over the edge of a building or whatever it might be. Um, but again, I still think 
It's funny. Yeah. I, sorry, Brendan. I, I was driving in here right next to our office, and there was a seventy, easily a seventy meter high crane boom, looking over something that they weren't working on anything. It was just two yeah. guys sitting in a canopy, or whatever it was. And you're going. There, there's a perfect photo moment just to share with the audience, saying you can reduce that risk, right? The yeah. Risk. But again, I think that's the education part that we keep talking about. Is, mm. is people do not grasp it. Like, I mean. It's, it, for us, it's quite simple. It's like, you know, you're putting someone in dangerous position. Why would you do that? We can do this in a shorter amount of time in a cost-effective way, um, yeah. but they don't understand that. But I think there's, there's also the part of the industry where we're looking at stuff like search and rescue and things like that, which are just boom, starting to really, people are starting to understand it now and, and, and the value of it. It's, it's definitely something education is a big part of it. Mm. And I think as well with the um, the push from even the government perspective is um, from a smart city perspective um, as well within construction and that sort of industry is requiring to have some form of digital footprint of anything that we're building now, whether it's just a simple BIM, but, um, you know, the space of us being able to create digital representations of what's being built, capture every point or every stage along the construction phase um, and have documentation. Maybe some builders don't want the documentation because some people out there just don't do the right thing. But at the end of the day, if something goes wrong, you'd rather have a photo or high resolution map of something at that point in time to reference back to and go, no, 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 not our fault. Um, you know, it's a uh, picture tells a thousand words. Exactly. So it's the same information uh, for, you know, whether it be the foreman, the worker or the chairman of the board or whatever, they're all going to see the exact same bit of information. You can't yeah. alter it. Right. Yeah. And look, I think um, I think it will create a little bit more honesty um, through some industries as well. If I know some requirements on construction are requesting drone flyovers and ortho mosaics now as part of the tendering process. Mm -hmm. So the construction industry is the one that's going to benefit the most out of this. They just got to catch up and sort of get out of the dinosaur age yeah. of where they are now um, and understand that it's not just a documentation to catch them out that they're doing something wrong that information can go between five or six different areas within one project. Um, and it can benefit a lot of people and save a lot of time and money. So and I think the, the, evolution is, the evolution is there as well. And I, this gets talked about in every industry, um, dinosaurs, I guess, is the best way to put them. Yeah. Um, like in, I know in construction, some of the stuff I've dealt with, the, they're the old guys, they do things the old way, they've got the approach, if it ain't broke, don't fix it um but the more you educate them what we're capable of doing and i think with i, I guess in a, a younger generation not necessarily young young but a younger generation popping into the industry they are now looking at tools where they can save time make things safe um and, and that's kind of where we said we're right this cusp of this explosion that's going to happen yeah. once people take it on board which i, I think they're starting to so so, so we talked a, a little bit about um, obviously construction, Brendan, that you just raised then. Um, what would be some of the jobs, um, obviously, say agriculture? Um, can we talk about some of those roles? Because obviously there's people that are doing a, a remote pilot license on REPL, um, thinking they're going to be the next best photographer or travel photographer, whatever we want to think it is, because that's what we know, right? The things we're talking about, there aren't any scripted jobs. You can't go to Seek or any other, whatever the job network is, and find people with these skills. They're, they're very limited, as we all know. Mm. Can we talk about what maybe two or three of these types of roles would look like to help people in, in out there listening to us? What do you mean by roles? Well, like if, as if, the operator? As the or, operator, so, so if you're going into a construction site, where would we use a drone? Yeah. Or if you're going into agriculture, um, where would you use a drone? Um, mm. So if you're doing an asset inspection, um, why is a drone useful? Um, I like to define what some of these jobs would look like so people can actually start to relate and, and mm -hmm. think about what their license would be used for. Yeah. Uh, I think it will come down to... Uh, a couple of things, but where you're located. So I think if you're in a major city, you would be asset inspections, 
construction and everything like that. If you're in a rural area that has farms and whatever, agriculture is probably your game and you should dominate it. Um, I don't think there's too many, well, from my opinion, I don't think there is too many people out there really dominating that space um, that I've seen. There might be, and I just don't know about them. But if I was in a, if I was up, you know, in between Echuca and Melbourne, um, you know, Shepparton or somewhere like that, I would be going to every single farmer with um, offer, talking about um, uh, multispectral cameras, um, understanding your vegetation health, uh, you know, crop spraying, things like that. I would be trying to dominate in that space and just being in there and being in people's faces about the technology because when we talk about dinosaurs, farmers are farmers, right? And not, not, there's no, nothing wrong with that, but trying to bring technology to people to we might have just lost life. all our farming. Oh, everything's gone. I just stuffed it up. But <laughs> well, look, no, it no, does take day, people. My, my mother's a cattle farmer, and and i <laughs> they're a good example. I've tried to push them into technology for a long time. I mean, they're mostly out of the space now. Um, but for a simple thing of a digital tagging system that they had for all their cattle, um, mm. they spent about ten grand on this thing. Um, and I had set up the computer for them, organised them to do it. They had this all in front of them. Guess what? never used never. it it yeah. sat there and collected dust and i tried so hard to teach him otherwise but again dinosaurs in the industry yeah. they just yeah. don't want to change things so it, yeah it's, it's definitely something that's a bit of an issue that's where we also wrap back to you know would you rather teach somebody else how to do it when they might only learn little bits and bobs of it or would you rather mm. get a professional out to do something mm. whether it be yeah. you know a digital tagging system or uh, a you know, a asset inspection of some sort. Mm. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I think Danny, you're right. Like there's a fine line between bringing somebody in and, and doing it yourself. Um, and I think if we take agriculture for an example, I have no network in agriculture and for someone for me to rock up to farmers and say, Hey, you should be doing this nine times out of 10. I know what they're going to tell me. So, um, <laughs> As it's, I think, you know, it, it might start with the son of the farmer or the daughter of the farmer going, holy shit, why is dad getting on a quad bike to look at all the fences once a week when I could set up a pre-flight with one drone that would do it in half the time and we got video footage of every single fence line we've got on our, um, on our property. Yeah. yeah. Does it all autonomously. You can do it. All you have to do is probably turn the bloody thing on and press start. Like... Mm -hmm. Yeah. To it's me, that's for us. That's where the value comes in when using drones and whatnot. Um, and then you can go into more specifics. Try and get something easy across the line that they see. Oh, I don't have to get up and drive my quad bike to every single fence. I might only have to just drive the quad bike to where I need to fix the fence. Yeah. So it's um, there's heaps of spaces. Yeah. And that's why we circle back to saying is you know is this is the industry saturated or is the you know, is there actually a lot of work out there? Just you've got to find it. Find I your, reckon find that's your hundred percent. I, I, yeah. I, I maintain that. And that's where the education side of it comes in. Cause I, I constantly stare at a lot of things and, and you can see the application we can use this for drones and on how we can potentially solve a problem. Mm -hmm. And so many people don't think about that. They really don't. I actually, farmers is a really good example of that, Brendan. So it's, it really is. It's the more we educate people and especially stuff like what we're doing with this podcast to let people know that the work is out there. You've just got to build your skill set, understand the, the people you're, tr you're trying to get on board and solve their problems. And once you do that, the rest of the, endless, the, the possibilities are endless. It's, yeah. just, it's just thinking about it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's how you support a industry that might be a bit, a bit hard to get into at the start. Um, introducing and exposing them to it is, is the hardest part. And then with exposing people to it, you're, you're educating them at the same time. Yeah. Um, because when I left my electrical job, I thought construction was my ticket. And I was like, construction's the biggest value. It's got the best value. Um, I know it's going to take off. And that was like five years ago. And I'm still not doing regular <laughs> construction updates. Like it blows my mind that I, that no one is just doing a basic 
mapping of a site from a project management perspective. Because if you can get a timestamp of your site every week or fortnight or once a month, whatever it is, there's some form of documentation of what your site looked at at that time. Um, it's always a point of reference. Um, and you can send that off to the people that are paying you to build your bloody building. Um, and then they get an update. They don't just get a couple of nice looking photos or a video. It's, uh, it's something more tangible of, hey, this is what your site looks like on a weekly, fortnightly, whatever it is. Um, and then you can upsell and you go into the 3D models and then you go into the um, surveying area where you bring in other people and do your quantifying and your measurements and all that sort of stuff. It's yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great point you just raised. Um, if we just look back for those of us who've been in, in New South Wales and Victoria with the recent earthquake, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you, you've got potential insurance claims where you may not have a record of what that condition of your asset is, whether it's a building, a warehouse, a house, whatever it is. Yeah. Had you actually gone through a process of actually documenting um, that asset, yeah. mm. you're going to be a much better position. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Had a digital twin, you know, two weeks ago, then came back and did one, obviously now after the earthquake, you could tell where every, every single, you know, deviation is in the whole property. Yeah, 100%. But everyone's yeah. going to be gearing up now for the next one. Time to upsell, boys. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Let's do this. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> so, so, so we're using words like digital twin. We also talked about BIM. We'll obviously keep <laughs> uncovering what these words are through the podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah. listen on to find out what this means <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think that's something too for, for the listeners I, I think you know if you can if you have questions that you don't understand or that you want more knowledge on i mean definitely get in touch with us on socials let us know mm -hmm. um we're, we're happy to explain more facets of the industry that you guys don't understand or you've had no experience with that's that's kind of the point of what we're doing Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's yeah. something important too. If, you, if people have questions, get them to us. We're happy to answer. Yeah, for sure. Well, we might learn of a new industry use that's case right. that we didn't know. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, 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 it's constantly changing. We know this. So, yeah. you know, I constantly hear where people are looking at new avenues, where taking drones. Like I, I spoke to a guy up in um, North Queensland who they spent the time doing research and development to do confined space drones. Um, they built them from scratch and these things get into the tiniest of spaces and do the job that, that no one can get into do. So yeah, as I said, I mean, where we are at the moment, it's, it's, it's wild and it's really exciting to be a part of. Oh, yeah. 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 I think you got to find your niche. Um, like, because you, like, I'm sure like, everyone will find out throughout the podcast is that we, we can sit here and talk about all the use cases that mm. drones can fulfill um, yes. or some form of collecting photos or videos. Um, but it really comes down to is what you're interested in, why you think drones are going to be valuable and then going from there. It's not an easy process to try and convince people to use technology. Um, it's, it's, it's hard and there is a massive knowledge gap and um education process that you have to take your clients on and even if it, your first client's your family member is getting them to understand where they're at now where they could be and what else it could bring and lead to not just hey we should do drones because it's really cool um there's because I hear a lot of people just say that because maybe they don't quite understand the value that they're bringing to their customer. That's the most important part is figuring out what your value is from the interest that you have from this industry and then somehow reverse engineering that to showcase to people that this is why you should be using drones and why you should choose me to do it. So, And I think you raised a valid point there, Brendan. Like it's five years with construction that you've been working through. You've got to be patient. You've got to be... Yeah. Uh, as the technology evolves, as our understanding of the different software and hardware evolves, how we can use it, I think you can't just think the first customer you're going to chat to. It's no different to any other creative um, that, that we've all worked mm. with. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Right. Everything good takes time. And unfortunately, the downside for us in this industry is 
just that it's the education uh, so many people don't understand what we can do what the potential use cases are um, the more that happens the more our industry grows um, yep. and, I, and I think we're going to be on the forefront of doing that and educating people in Australia because like we said you know there's not many resources outside of the US for beginners and and, and professionals within the industry to learn more yeah. Um, and that's what we want to bring to the table. We want to educate. We want our industry to grow. Yeah. And I think those are bringing people that are within our industry or support our yes. industry to the podcast and talking to yes. them as well. So I think that's the really exciting part is Australia is a small market, but it's an exciting market. And it's there's got some pretty cool people doing some pretty unique things. Um, and I think we all, all four of us are all doing overlapping things but very different things at the same time which is exciting and um we all bring a different value or perspective to the industry um not just taking photos or videos um yeah that's i think that gets me excited no most definitely dummy of the week (laughs) (laughs) wow look at that it's safety time. Oh, it's safety time. For our listeners, uh, Ty is now wearing a hard hat. <laughs> yes. This is making me that, sad. That wasn't edited in, right, Danny? <laughs> no, no, that, that was it. Um, right. So, like, dummy of the week. Uh, it, it, it's more to that we resources we've found on the internet and, and other places that, Sometimes it may be unsafe. It might just be someone's done something really silly. It could just be one of those situations that it's worth discussing uh, within the industry because a lot of people don't understand some of these things. And if we can, again, share and educate, the better it is. So I have a little video to share and we're going to have a discussion about. Let's get that up. Okay. So... What you guys are seeing now is a coffee delivery via drone. So I believe this was down in New South Wales. Um, Canberra. Canberra. There you go. Um, so there has been drone deliveries in place. And you'll notice a crow coming to have a stab at the drone. Um, it's one of those things I always talk about is birds and the problems that they pose. And this is a perfect example of that. So you Still see, going. he almost came back for another dig as well. Oh. Pay for his own damn coffee. Dude. Is that a coffee or a milkshake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get coffee. I don't know how much coffee's left inside. Um, so yeah, over to you guys. I want to have, have a bit of a discussion about it. Get your views on on the the drone delivery space, and obviously the the lack of visual line of sight and everything like that. Um, I don't know whether they thought about the bird problem or not, um, but just to get a bit of a p- perspective on it and, and share that with our, with our listeners about how this could be potentially mitigated. Um, the problem that is obvious in this one is, is the bird. Um, but yeah, just have a bit of discussion about it. Straight off the bat, uh, spring is not the best season to be flying around drones in general. <laughs> Um, I think honestly about 90% of the jobs I've done this spring already have I've had to deal with a crow or a magpie or a plover of some sort. <laughs> that's been before you get the whole drone delivery part. And that's with yeah. you actually watching the drone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Let alone these drones that work doing the you know deliveries, they're flying roughly a couple of kilometers from their, you know, from their HQ, well beyond visual line of sight. They've obviously got the right permits for that. Um, there's a lot of um a lot of issues with that <laughs> including birds do you do you think danny that this space is going to work as everyone's hoping it will no i can only why, see why is that? Corridor. Well, airspace is massive like if you take say hypothetically just take sydney sydney harbour it's a restricted airspace because there's already so much air traffic there so if you live next to it even just a small airport right now what's to say that your drone is going to be able to fly straight over that airport with your coffee? Mm-hmm. There's, there's going to be a lot of, don't get me wrong. It probably will eventually happen, but there's a lot more than just, Hey, I need my coffee delivery from A to B. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot in between that, that, you know, is the drone going to fly through other airspace? Is there another drone doing a real estate video that's going to fly past it? 
you know, is a sub two kilo operator that no one knows is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I know they have some limitations at the moment on, on where they can use them. Uh, I know yeah. I heard of another case, um, hardware store actually. Um, they've taken the drone, drone delivery on board for the fact of delivering nails, tools, et cetera, to building sites. Um, rather than the tradie having to come out to go when they run out of nails, come back into the hardware, waste time going to grab that and going back. Um, they were limited to a K and a half radius of the shop. Um, I, I didn't know that bit. Um, I mean, I can see the, the upsides of it as well. Like obviously the drone delivery system in theory is a great idea, but like you were saying, the lack of visual line of sight you don't know who else is in the air. Um, I, I, it'd be interesting to have someone that's in this space actually come and have a chat about it because I don't think our knowledge is super great on all this. Um, but the, the things I noticed from that, they probably thought a little bit about potential bird problems and things because of due to the amount of props that are on the damn thing. Um, I think that's the only reason that it didn't come out of the sky when that crow got right into the tail of it. That was a quad, um, it's gone. Yeah. A, a, quad, a phantom or a mavic or anything like that, that's gone. That is on the ground in a thousand pieces. Um, you know, it's, it's been, I mean, I've had some close calls where you're out doing a job and you have that bird that just won't leave you alone. <laughs> yeah. um, they quite often don't generally go in and actually have a dig, but it is a concern. I mean, it's so unsafe. If something drops out of the sky and there's someone underneath there or, or whatever, that's a huge problem. Um, and I, I think that's probably, in, in my view, the, the biggest issue with the drone delivery system is the lack of visual line of sight and the lack of being able to act quickly in, in a bad situation. You know, this could be a good idea for the next guest to come on. If anyone knows anyone that's in the visual line of sight or extended visual line of sight, you know, hit us up via mm-hmm. our socials, which we'll put in the comment sections and whatnot. Sure. Um, it'd be really cool to actually get some actually actual industry insights. You know, yeah, right I, I now do believe about opinion. This is all just our opinions right now and what we know. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I do believe, from what I remember, obviously they're doing that in Canberra. There was some deliveries going on in New South Wales. I know they were testing up here in Queensland and Logan. Um, I, I believe pizza deliveries. Um, which they were also doing in New Zealand, the Domino's as well. They were delivering pizzas via drone. Um, I haven't heard too much more since they announced they were doing it. I don't know what the success was with it, whether they decided to keep going with it and keep trialling it or just can it all together. But it would be really interesting to get someone in that space in here to have a chat because I'd love to learn more about it and, and the concept of what they're working with to make That's it safe right. and, and practical. Yeah, I, I was thinking... If you're just doing deliveries to to us in metro areas, um, or, you know, where there's coffees, I think I personally don't see the the, the gain right now. But it, so, as we all know, the remote communities, whether you need medicines or vaccines, um, you know, there's a number of countries clearly like us that are quite spread out in territory-wise. Mm. Um, the costs are high, obviously, than use planes, but there's probably ways to kind of reduce some of that where there's absolute essentials that people can't get to, certainly when it's something that needs to be done urgently. Yeah. So I think if we can find safe ways to achieve that, I, th- I think that's great. But, you mm. know, for me to get my coffee uh, because it's convenient to me and the risks are so high today without real true governance in airspace, um, God, in the modern day and age, mate, we all live for convenience. Yeah. 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 Honestly, if I could walk out front right now and get my coffee, I'd be so happy. But, <laughs> but I think right. I think you're right, Sean, on the yeah. on the use cases there. I think when you look at you, you know a good example is is funnily enough, Melbourne, Victoria at the moment, with you guys all in lockdown, there is obviously cases where there will be people who need medical attention quickly or need medication quickly and things like that. That is a great use case for it. I, I agree with you. The coffee, the pizzas, the, the random little edible objects you can get delivered. I mean, they're kind of pointless for what they are. They're just purely a lazy convenience thing. Um, I, I don't believe it's safe. But again, I'm not in that space. So I don't actually understand how they're making it safe, essentially, to do so. Mm. 
And what about, so like, I guess where my mind goes as well is drones isn't just UAVs. Drones are robotics as well. So mm-hmm. would you think, would you guys think the drone space, not from an, a UAV perspective, but potentially, you know, going down the path of what Tesla autonomous driving and things like that, they might come into like an Uber space where it's drone delivery via their cars or little robots or something like that. There's a company over in San Diego, I think. Um, Veritasium did a video on them a couple of weeks back and they're purely autonomous. You essentially Uber, you know, go on your Uber app or whatever it is and call up your taxi and it rocks up. No one in the car. You sit in the back and it was an awesome video. Go check it out. And he went across town by himself, just sitting there that like that's you know that's one of the concepts for it oh, the yeah. autonomous is wild i've seen a guy driving a tesla s on the highway reading his paper while he's driving oh. down the highway totally illegal but you know yeah. it's it where everything is going <laughs> yeah. we are heading towards an autonomous world in that regard so you know mm-hmm. i'm not surprised that drone delivery is becoming a thing but it gets yeah, the question over how safe it actually genuinely is mm. for everybody else around in those yeah. white bars. If you look at it, it's still early days. Like, as we're saying, you know, oh, construction, Ben's been in for five, you know, five plus years. How much has that changed? And how many, how long have we been doing drone deliveries? Like, mm. yeah, I think it's, it's about very... two years that they've been exactly. testing between New Zealand. Or, oh, I mean, now in Australia and New Zealand. I mean, I'm not sure as far as overseas goes, but I think it's about two years now. And they, they haven't still haven't officially launched it, so mm. they're, they're definitely cool. obviously having problems that they that they need to mitigate and, and work out how to fix these things. But yeah. again, like that's why I'd really love to talk to someone in this space to get a better yeah. idea of how they're tackling this. Because sure. Amazon announced a couple of years ago as well that they were going into yeah. the drone space, and very there's been absolutely no news come out of that. No, out of all people, or businesses, companies, I thought Amazon would have been pretty quick I believe to the they market are testing I, I do believe they are still testing but they're, just, team, yeah. they're doing a lot quieter than a lot of the other companies that are they're testing. going to yeah. space before they're doing well, deliveries. Right. <laughs> yeah well honestly look at the bigger picture here if you were jeff bezos do you want to worry about delivering coffee or do you want to jump in a spaceship yeah i know which one i'm jumping on <laughs> <laughs> see you later <laughs> let's go hang out with the aliens for a while see what they've got to chat about <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah interesting space it is. And we're only just at the beginning of it. Episode one, guys. Wait for the next one. That's it. <laughs> cool. That's a good, that was a good, certainly awesome video to, to start with. Um, obviously, like we said, we're all excited to get, get our coffees delivered. Um, <laughs> certainly on the crow or whatever bird it is attacking it. So, yeah. I don't want my coffee to get there. So, <laughs> I'll still go for a traditional route at the moment. Can you imagine <laughs> if they're standing under that drone when the you know, bird attacked and the coffee's just hopped open? Still hot uh. open. There's a, there's a whole other kettle of fish. <laughs> so <laughs> many problems with it. I think, I think like uh, Danny, I think called out anyone in the space doing it involved would be awesome to kind of have have, um, mm. have you part of it and, and talk 100%. through some of the challenges and where you're at. We've got one person in mind. We've definitely got to hit them up. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I like the way you work, Danny. <laughs> network, network, network. <laughs> cool. Oh. So that's our... I don't know if so who's the dummy there was it the bird or the drone well i actually think it's the bird to be honest <laughs> <laughs> i mean the drone we know we, we know our potential issues with it but obviously they're testing they're doing it so they, they must be fairly moving forward with it but the bird I, I i've never understood birds attacking drones they're loud they're noisy and essentially to them they will chop them up mm-hmm. so I, I just don't know why they attack them i really don't that's actually that's actually something that it would be worth looking at in the drone space is is how to deter birds from drones really because i'm yet i'm yet to see a drone deter deter a bird properly anyway i put little faces on all my drones but that doesn't scare them off (laughs) anything been a loud object you know fly away but yeah, yeah. I think the bigger quiet. drones are a threat. The bigger drones that they're not going to... Like, I don't see uh-huh. a crow coming in to have a stab at an M300 I know, I um, a or an M600. I had a bird go us last week using our big drone. They kept coming. Really? Yep. <laughs> Do they actually have a swipe or are they just... Like, there's a few times where I can see the bird's eye in the photos. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, I stand corrected. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> 
gentlemen. Fun times. Awesome. Great episode. I think that was good. Good start. That was very good. Um, So I can just wrap up, boys. I think um, we'll we'll obviously share our contact details. Um, Love to hear any topics that you want us to talk about. Anyone you want to be involved in and get involved in and share your story, reach out. Sean, sure, yeah. where can everybody find us? Great question, Danny. And I'm sure you're going to add it in somewhere in one of these common things, right? It'll be on our YouTube, but um, we are Drones Down Under. Uh, you can look us, up, look us up on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm sure we'll link all our own social medias across that so everyone can find us, you know, yeah. friends and family as well. Yeah, drones down under, guys. Awesome. Definitely fire que- questions, way. people. You know, we really want to hear from people, whether mm. it's in the industry, whether it's just interested in the industry. Um, yeah. The more questions we can answer for people and, and try and give them the information that they're looking for, we're, we're more than happy to do so. So please, yeah. fire questions, please. Absolutely. Don't give do it on your content. own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give us content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like we said at the start, our objective is to make sure we um, work together. We continue to work together with other um, operators and other people in the industry, whether it's software, hardware, and and bring awareness to to this industry uh, in Australia. Yeah. And um, that's our objective. It's very simple. Yeah, um, it's very candid. Um, so we look forward to bringing you more content. Thank you, guys. Right on, guys. Thanks, 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 Th